All right, well, we have Ian Hernandez, Rice Emba from class of 2011. Thank you for joining us on, I'll have you know, in this special edition of 15 Minutes in the Owl's Nest. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. What a what an honor and first in the row. That's awesome. <laughs> you are our first guest. Well, first of all, I, I was looking at your resume. Very impressive. You've done a lot of things since graduating from Rice Business. What would you say stands out in your mind the most? I, I would say that a lot of experience has made me more, and what I learned at Rice made me more conversant into the actual business of things before I actually did the EMBA program. I was involved in business and transactions, but didn't really quite understand the nuanced things. So there were a lot of facts that went past me. Uh, now that I am educated with Rice, I was better equipped to navigate uh, all the issues of doing startups and of running companies, you know, all the accounting stuff, all the financial stuff, all the strategy, what to do, what not to do. Probably what has has uh, stood out the most to me is the utilization of some of those softer skills, right? So you go through the sales stuff, you go through the leader, leadership, ethics, all of that plays a lot into your decision making. That sounds great. And I also uh, noticed that um, you created a joint venture and um, went on to create, I think it, it's a second company that uh, I was just so uh, blown away by. It bought two companies, created another four companies and operates in six countries. That sounds like quite an accomplishment. Can you talk a little bit about that briefly? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it just happened because of opportunity. You know, people and sometimes uh the elements of the pipeline just join in and you're able to see that and you see the opportunities. So you you do that. In the former with the JV of the company with uh, Brazil, uh, I ended up doing a lot of due diligence, looking at partnerships and potential partners for this American company, uh, C-Corp, and, uh, and did a lot of due diligence. And so you start with that Department of State, who is a potential partner, then you meet the people, you get a vibe for it, and 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 believe it or not, there's a part that wherever that the hair in the back of your neck stands up and that tells you something. You gotta hear hear listen to that. Um, I ended up picking up a company. I wouldn't call it luck. There was a lot of uh, of hard hours and study, and even choosing who the CEO of that company was and what his character was like and who did he work with, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, after we made the decision. And formerly went with it, you know, we began to see the the fruits of it. So 10 years later, it is still running and it is running quite, quite strong. So I'm happy with that. On the, the other end, with uh, doing a startup and jumping into things, um, I, I took advantage of the depreciation of the, of the price of the barrel. It went down and in a way it leveled the field for all sorts of operators. I started hunting down for companies that were for sale. Uh, I wasn't looking for assets. I was looking more for companies that were registered, that had a good record, that had a good reputation. And so went out and, and made some offers. I wouldn't call them offers that they couldn't refuse. There were more offers like they were ready to sell them. So we, we jumped at that and, and it was a bit of an investment. There was a lot of uh, cleanup to do in terms of the efficiency of operations, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, it panned out uh, pretty pretty good. Uh, again, uh, part of it is just luck and part of it is just, you know, having been involved in business for a while. So you begin to pick, you know, some some indicators that show you this this is going to be a good opportunity. 
The other thing that we we put into that formula when we build that uh, holdings group is uh, found companies that had uh, congeniality with them. Uh, so we had a company that managed uh, ships and uh, another company that managed all the human resources and put crews in them. And then we had another company that did uh, consultancy. That's for the U.S. And then we found the, the counterparts in uh, in Mexico. So we build that that up. Along the, the way, you begin to see other opportunities and you, you say, you know what, that's that's something that may be profitable. So let's let's look at that. And the numbers align, you 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 do it. Uh it is a, an accounting nightmare. Um, you know, but uh you gotta you gotta make sure that you are properly backed up with appointing the right people to carry out the the tasks. Linguistically it's a challenge, culture is a challenge depending on who you work with. You have to understand technicalities you know the different accounting system the taxes are are a nightmare so how to how to make your profits uh in one country and then feed into your holdings company can be can be a bit of a of a headache but uh but hey that's where the opportunities are and if you know how to connect those pipelines you know you you, you do the business right well, most people would consider it you know a huge success to have one company let alone you know what you've done you know, and at some point you have to make other decisions. Uh, I did decide to sell my interest in that that company, the second company, as it was was growing, and uh, and the reason is our our family got blessed with more children. And as my wife and I talked about it, uh, you know, business success can be measured in in numbers, but life success is not something that you measure in dollars. And 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 it sounds so cliche, but at some point I I decided it was more important for me to be. Uh, you know, obviously, it's still doing business. I, I I work for 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 someone now for a company, um, and I'm happy working there. But I'm also uh, more capable of putting time with my children and doing things at this at this time. And there's some sacrifices. You know, there's there's some changes in in the way that that you do things. But uh, but I I think I will only have. Uh, these children for so long, so I'm I'm happy with with that. I get to go to rugby games and baseball games and so on. Excellent perspective, definitely. I did see you have four sons, uh, and you live with your wife here in Houston. During the last year of the pandemic, maybe what have you learned as a family um, that that has really impacted you the most during this time? My goodness, we learned to work together. For me, it was an incredible opportunity to teach them about some of the things that I've done and some of the business that I, I've done, and. And uh, even more than teaching them some technicalities, because at their level, you can only teach so much technical stuff, uh, was uh, teaching them some of the moral stuff, ethics, you know, how to properly work with people and do things. Um, we started them a little business and, and they, they, they do a couple of things. And during the summer, they did some power um, washing of, of driveways. And so that was safe for them to do and safe to keep them distance from people, but also keep them active. Um, I taught them that they don't necessarily have to wait on somebody to give them a job to create a job. Um, we also did a um, photography business for for uh, one of them, and so that's that's doing okay. And these are little baby things, but I just you know I'm working with them to ingrain some of these things. And during that, you know, in between things, I get to just uh, experience them and talk with them and and. Uh, um, we we often turn off the TV and have daddy story time. <laughs> so so those those were were fun. That's awesome. It sounds like you have some budding entrepreneurs in the family too. Yeah, for sure. 
So you are in the class of 2011. This is the first virtual alumni reunion, hopefully the last. Um, what kind of connections have you kept with your class? And, um, you know, have you been back to reunions, uh, reunion week before? This is the first time I actually participate in a reunion week, and it is a shame. I think the last time when that was available, I wanted to participate, but I was traveling. I must have been in South America, some country, and uh, and I missed out on it. And so this was a great opportunity to to participate. Uh, my class actually is quite active in, with each other. We we have a, our own Facebook website or page, and we communicate that way. Uh, we also communicate via, you know, our phones, et cetera, and keep each other posted in there. We're we're more old school in that regard. I mean, it's been 10 years now, so so Facebook is sort of the cutting edge for for our generation. <laughs> we don't we don't TikTok or 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 do you know maybe Instagram, but that's that's about it. Uh, I think the people that I'm closest with are those that I I uh, collaborated with in, in groups. Uh, or somewhere or the other to see their trajectories and grow. We, we still keep, keep 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 up with each other. We stay connected on WhatsApp and we have our own class thread, but the class of, I think, 2018 started an IMBA thread. So it's 2018, 19, 20, 21, now 22. So we're up, we're up into, a, I don't know, two, 300. And I hope it keeps going because it's a great network. And a lot of it, a lot of it evolves around business, but there's, all kinds of discussions and, and people helping one another. And then there's other threads, you know, with pets and, you know, you name the topic and, and people have their own side threads. That tends to happen quite a bit, you know, and, and people develop their interest. And so the side conversations begin to, to, to happen and the groups begin to, to form. And that's just the natural thing. Some groups have been created and then they sort of die down. So we see some of it. Uh, ten years later, you know the fact that there's still a core group of uh, of Emba uh, kids that uh, that that we talk with one another is is a big part. When I was in the process of selling my interest, I did have chats with my my teammates from uh, from Emba, and uh, and where at some point we had dealt with it from an accounting, financial, strategic, you know, assignment. To do it now in real life and then consult with people that I trusted was was uh, priceless, you know, to be able to have have that sort of thing. So yeah, that's that's why we we have uh, ongoing text messaging and that sort of stuff. If you could give advice to someone entering the EMBA program, uh, maybe next fall, given your experience a decade ago, what would it be? Pay attention to all the technical stuff, do the assignments, but don't miss out on all the social stuff and getting to know people and, uh, and, and learn some of those softer skills. Anything that you can learn technically from, from EMBA or from RISE, you can find in Wikipedia, um, to be honest, but it is who you are learning with and it is who you are learning from and it is the quality of those conversations you know, that really elevates your, your learning experience. Take advantage of that. Uh, don't be lone rangers. Uh, you'll you'll do hard and you'll face some difficult times. Uh, when I was at the program, I had uh, I responded for for a major incident at the Deepwater Horizon, and and I was called to be director of operations uh, for that uh, oil spill in BP and manage the area that was uh, the state of Florida. Never in the history of the United States had there been impact in the state of Florida, and so. Uh, 
uh, I ended up responding to that and it did affect my grades. It did affect my, my uh, performance in, in the program that was 2010. Uh, in the fall of 2010, I had to redo a finance class. Uh, everybody supported me, but everybody said, you know, you need to perform and need to bring up your, 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 your grade in, in that finance class. And I did, but it was very difficult because I had to do it by myself and I didn't have the network of, of the rest of the group. And so, boy, it, it, it is a challenge in so many ways. And so, so take it, take it seriously and, and, and take advantage of the group learning. I see you are fluent in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Can you share a message for our um, alums who speak Spanish also? Of course. Uh, in, in Spanish, a todos mis amigos y co-graduados de la Escuela Rice, les mando un saludo muy cordial. Si en algo puedo servirles, estoy a sus órdenes. Para todos meus camaradas, camaradas que falam português, que moram no toda parte do mundo, possivelmente nos Estados Unidos ou em Brasil, ah, eles mandam muito carinho, muitos bons desejos, espero que todos fiquem bem, apesar das circunstâncias. Grandes abraços. There you go. Don't ask me to do a little bit of nervous because we probably start a war somewhere in the <laughs> All right, is there anything else you'd like to add? Just that, you know, get involved, you know, and and uh, some people ask me, you know, at what some point do you make the transition from having the idea to doing it? Don't overthink it. You do it. You'll never have everything figured out uh, and be prepared for adversity. Be prepared for crises. Be prepared for all of that. Uh, maintain serenity of, of your heart. Aim for happiness, but also know that happiness can be overrated. Life happens. And so, so just... Uh, Enjoy it to the most. Ian Hernandez, IMBA class of 2011, thank you for joining us in the Owl's Nest. Thank you for having me. What a joy, what a pleasure. Thank you for uh, uh, the time.